Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speaker's bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hello Sports Podcast, it is DJ joined by Kelsey and it has finally arrived. The NFL season kicking off tonight after this release. If you're listening on the Unhinged Radio, powered by Belly Up, it is DJ and Kelsey as I mentioned as well too. And Kelsey, we finally made it. Playoff and awards predictions are finally here. We finally get to say, put all of it out on the line and say who we think is going to walk home with the Lombardi Trophy this year. I cannot wait. This has been absolutely fantastic. Building up to this point, we love the prediction times because we get to make up a whole bunch of different thought processes for why things are going to work and we get to watch them all crumble come the start of the season. So this is the perfect time to watch all of my hopes and dreams go right out the window. The scenario engine is on full blast and that's, we are actually going to get started on the AFC brought to you by Dr. Squatch, all the soaps you need, all the deodorant, everything you need to smell like a man, feel like a champion. Click on the link in our bio as well too. even have some limited edition star Wars soaps. You might want to grab those before they disappear. So Kelsey, tell us how you see the AFC is going to shake out. We'll start with the first round, the wild card round. All right. So in the wild card, just to let you know where I have the seating at, we'll start with that first. The Colts with the bye week, they best record in the AFC. Sitting at the number one seed, they have the bye. That means the Bills are number two, Chiefs at number three, Browns number four, Dolphins number five, Titans six, and Patriots at seven, which means the kickoff game being the Dolphins and Browns starting it with the 5-4 matchup here. And I have the Browns taking this one. I love everything the Dolphins said. If you guys heard our AFC East predictions, Loved everything about the Dolphins. But you know what? Unfortunately, the Browns are just too much. They're just, they're too good. Everything on paper, this team is just a really good team. Honestly, the only reason they're not higher in the AFC is, well, they had to run through a little bit harder of a schedule and ended 12-5 and in the regular season. That's why their seeding's not a little bit higher. Oh, no. Woe is you, Cleveland Browns fans. You'll be okay because you win yet another playoff game. So you will move on to the divisional round. Next up, we have the Titans taking on the Chiefs, the six versus three matchup. The Titans heading into Arrowhead without the Arrowhead in the end zone nowadays. Uh, so <laughs> the Chiefs, of course, will win the game. And that's all there is to it. <laughs> they, look, the, the Titans offense is, is fantastic. Their running game is great. But when you t- take these two and you match them up, the Chiefs are just a powerhouse. And there's not a lot the Titans secondary has proven to me that they can do enough yet. They're still, I mean, especially considering you got rid of all your secondary this this offseason, we haven't seen enough from them yet in the preseason and, and going into the season to say that, yeah, they're there. I do think they're good enough to, be, to make the playoffs, but I do think this is a situation where if they went up against a running first team, they have a good shot, but you're not. You're going up against Patty and the Pattyettes, and the Pattyettes are going to just run all over you at this point in time. So give me the Chiefs in this six versus three matchup. Do you think and, this is like the last time they played, though, where the Titans jumped out to a lead and then the Chiefs came storming back to win like 30 to 17? Or do you think it's going to be Chiefs from the get-go and the Titans are just within 15, but it's never really close? Yeah, this was not even going to be close. This is going to be Chiefs all the way. Uh, look, this, this is what I think there's an edge coming from Patty in this in this playoffs um, that he's going to be he's going to be fighting to take over everything. So we'll see what he's what's what's able to happen here for the Chiefs. But uh, they do definitely get out of the wild card against the Titans. And that takes me to the 7-2 and two matchup. Mac Jones versus Josh Allen. A matchup we'll be talking about for years to come. And that will be 
directly be the Bills winning this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the Bills, Bill, Bills take this one as well. Uh, they, 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 they go for three in the regular season over the Patriots, which is a shock to even say because it's impossible to win three games over a team for the most part. But they do it this time, and they will head themselves into the into the next round in the divisional round, giving you the one, two, three, and four teams in the AFC divisional round for me in the next round. But DJ, what about you? Very interesting. Okay, so I have the Bills actually with the number one seed to getting the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, who will have the second seed. The third seed will go to the Colts. The fourth seed to the Browns. The fifth seed to the Dolphins as well. Sixth seed to the Chargers, the surprise team for me. And the Ravens sneaking in at the seventh spot as well too. Just getting the tiebreaker over the Titans, both with 11 wins. So very interesting to see there as well, too, as the Ravens getting a tiebreaker over a team they've kind of become rivals with recently as well, too, in recent years, just going back to the logo stomp and everything else you want to look into. So you we'll start off. My logo. You stomp my logo. I instantly become a rival for you. Like, that's for sure. Exactly. That is just the beginning. So we'll start things off with the Chiefs taking on the Ravens in that two versus seven matchup. And in a similar fashion, the number one player on the NFL's top 100 is going to show why in this game. Patrick Mahomes is going to go off. For some reason, he has the Ravens number. It's the weirdest thing. It's kind of like early on with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like Peyton Manning could not get past the Patriots. There's something about the defense flustered him just enough. And then, he, then they could not stop him. It's obviously a little bit different. But I think Patty's going to continue his, I don't want to say ownership of the Ravens, but having their number as well, too. They got a fantastic secondary and defense, but... They don't really have the speed to keep up with the Chiefs players. They got like Marlon Humphrey's fantastic, but he's not chasing Nicole Hardman. He's not chasing Tyreek Hill. They don't really have anybody to keep up or put over the top of them. And the pass rush isn't, isn't good enough to get to Patrick and throw him off his game. And I think especially that retooled offensive line for the Chiefs, it's going to be the Chiefs all day. So the Chiefs will move on to the next round. Next in a similar matchup to yours, the Browns-Dolphins 4-5 matchup. Very same matchup there with the same result. The Browns with a home game this Maybe the two best rosters top to bottom when you look at them in the playoffs, honestly, too, when you go down the checklist and they're all young as well. But I think it's going to, I'm going to give the edge to the Browns because I think the Dolphins this year are basically the Browns last year. They are so close. They just need like another year to get there. And the difference is the Dolphins don't get to play last year's Steelers. They get to play this year's Browns, which are going to be an absolute force. I think Nick Chubb's going to be able to control the run game just enough to get the safeties out of the picture. Baker's going to be a little bit better than Tua. Take advantage of the matchups. Obviously, we've talked about Odell, Jarvis Landry. I love what Odell's going to do this year. The tight ends are going to be a force. Jerome Baker can try and keep up with him, but just a little bit too much Browns and Miles Garrett that he's going to wreak havoc. He's going to make life miserable for Tua. So give me the Browns in that one as well, too. Winning yet another playoff home game as well, advancing to the next round. Then the Colts versus the Chargers, a nice little 2007 flashback here as well, too. Would have been fitting if Phil Rivers was still around his quarterback for the Colts. That had made this that much more perfect. But either way, It'll be the three-seeded Colts, the home game against Chargers. Fantastic, kind of my surprise team this year, too, taking that big step forward. Justin Herbert, I think, will be fantastic. Keenan Allen, they're going to be a really good squad. That defense is going to be a lot, is going to be even more improved. But I think the Colts are still going to get it done, utilizing a heavy run game behind Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, and that big offensive line. I think they're just going to control the clock. They're going to not take Joey Bosa out of the game, but they're going to make life a lot more difficult for him since he's not the most pronounced run stopper he's good against the run he's just not he's not like Jadavian Clowney who's an absolute run stalwart or like his brother Nick Bosa who consistently gets those tackles for loss he's a guy I think they will run at they will pull Quinn Nelson into him they'll double team on Braden Smith they'll find a way to get away from Derwin James I think they'll do just enough to win that game 27 to 18 something along those lines as well too relatively just control the clock and then on defense they'll find enough to frustrate Justin Herbert just to make it difficult for him as well too so that would mean the Colts take on the Chiefs in Arrowhead without Arrowhead in the end zone, and the Browns going to Buffalo to take on the Bills for me in the next round. So, Kelsey, how do you have the divisional round shaking out for you now? I like it. So, as I said, I got one through four in my divisional round, which means the matchups are the Chiefs versus Bills, three versus two, and the four-seeded Browns taking on the one-seeded Colts. Now, this is purely a matchup-based decision on all of these. When you look at the Bills and Chiefs, the one thing the Bills have that is exceptional is their defense. Like, guaranteed, that defense is exceptional. The best thing the Chiefs have is their offensive weapons. However, their offensive line, not so great, I will say. Uh, it's still good. Still good. Need to get healthy, but still good. But they're not great. And this Bills team, behind what we talked about before, I have Gregory Russo absolutely being a terror Ed Oliver being an absolute terror. We're going to see a lot of what Patty had to do in the last Super Bowl 
in this divisional round matchup versus the Bills. And the Bills make it out alive. Well, I say make it out alive. They stay at home alive. They beat the Chiefs and send the Chiefs back to Kansas City um, to mourn the loss of their arrowhead in their, their stadium. So Okay, it, so the Bills get the redemption after this last year is what you're saying. This seems like home field is what pays off. Yeah, you know, home field in Buffalo in, in, in January is not a fun place to go play. Not a place anybody wants to go play, especially a Midwestern kid uh, in, in, in the, any, really, any one of the Chiefs go to, going to Buffalo to play. You get to deal with that lake effect snow coming off of the Niagara Falls as well. Like, that's not a good place to go and play. I don't want to be there to play any game in the winter. That's just not fun. So I, I still want to see those two at halftime have a distance throw-off, though. If we do get this matchup, I don't care if it's snowing, raining, blizzarding, whatever it is. Those two need to go out at the goal line at halftime and each launch a football as far as they can to see who has the strongest arm. You know, they just need to bring back the old Pro Bowl skills challenge. The only problem with that is we're not going to see both of these quarterbacks missing or at a Pro Bowl in the, any anytime soon, I feel like. they're gonna It's going to be one of these two in the championship game almost every year. So the, there's, they're going to miss out on the Pro Bowl. So I, I want to find a way to see it. I want to see those two and Aaron Rodgers say, both line up and just huck it, see who has the, who has the max arm strength. Let's, let's sell this once and for all. Even throw a Matthew Stafford. Just line up all 32 quarterbacks we have to and go one at a time. I don't care how we do it. I need to see it. I'd love to see. I'd love to. I would pay to see that. That could be a five minute event and I will pay $5 for it. (laughs) I'll say we don't have very deep pockets. So hopefully no one's expecting a few extra zeros on that now. No, no, no. Just $5, $5, one for every minute of that, that thing. But (laughs) I feel like I would not be alone. I feel like a a couple million people would pay $5 pay-per-view to watch a five minute event between those three. So that'd be fun to watch. But that leads me to my one versus four matchup, the Colts at home in Indy versus the Browns. And as much as I talked about the Browns look really, really good and their their roster looks great, all this fantastic stuff, the Colts at home on that track in Indy, I mean, it is a track at that point in time. Jonathan Taylor will be sprinting up and down this field all game long. And as we talked about, I don't think there's an easier job in the NFL at quarterback other than Tampa for a quarterback for this is like, whether it's Carson Wentz, Jacob Eason, or some dude, they pull off the street at this point in time. Who knows the way it's but, going. It could be just about anybody with injuries, COVID shots and all that sort of thing. Unvaccinated guys. It could be literally anybody. I might be playing quarterback at this time. You might be predicting for me at this rate. A- absolutely. I mean, Hey, I might be playing left tackle at this point. In time. I don't know. <laughs> like we don't know what's going to happen, but if, if the stalwart offensive lineman for this team, AKA Brandon Smith, you have, Ryan Kelly and you have Quentin Nelson are all in place. Sorry, Braden Smith. Uh, and you'll be fine. And you'll have Eric Fisher coming back Buckner. at the, by that time too. Yeah. DeForest Buckner on the other side, you'll be a okay defensively. <laughs> like you still have the best corner uh, slot corner in the game. And that's Kenny Moore. You'll be fine. Your safeties look fantastic. Julian Blackman. Um, and you know what? You still have the best linebacker. One of the best linebackers in the game and Darius Leonard. So You'll be a okay for this team. Their 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 core, their skeleton is fine. Um, it's the kind of ancillary parts that you sometimes worry about with the Colts, but it doesn't matter in this matchup for the Browns because the Colts on that fast track, all they have to do is run the ball. A couple quick breakaways from Jonathan Taylor. The Browns are going to be struggling. You're going to get superhero Baker come out and play, and that's never the Baker you want to see if you're a Browns fan. So. That'll lead me to the Colts winning that game, sending me to a matchup for the AFC Championship game of Colts versus Bills. So that's very interesting. I kind that'd be a fun match between the Colts and the Browns. You'd have the two best running back rooms in the game, almost undisputedly, too, as well. Too. I mean, three, three to four deep for the Colts, and then those elite two for the Browns. Like, who needs quarterbacks? You know, Baker and Carson take the day off. This is a running competition. Receivers being substituted out for tight ends. Let's line it up that way and just see how it goes. That that's how we want to see. Instead of seven on seven passing drills, we want to see seven on seven running drills. If, if, if I could have the option for a wishbone offense and let the bone roll right now, this would be the moment I'd ask for it. This is like Oklahoma on steroids is what we're going to have for this drill, basically the Oklahoma drill. So that's what we really need. So we talked about the throw off in the other, in your other game, we need the runoff in this one as well too. So that'll take me to mine as well. So as I mentioned, I have the Colts going to Kansas city to take on the chiefs and the Browns heading the Buffalo to take on the bills. So for the Colts and the chiefs one, this one was tough because I look at the Colts and, they are the one team, I think, in the SC that is built perfectly to beat the, beat the Chiefs. The slot corner in Kenny Moore, the linebacker in Darius Leonard, the DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, the ability to get after the quarterback. 
the guy, the two deep shell, they could play with Julian Blackness, stay over the top of Tyreek Hill, Mikael Hardman, Julian, Bla- excuse me, Darius Leonard, as well as others. I could get in the way with Travis Kelsey, Bobby Okariki, fantastic cover linebackers, a heavy run offense. Like, as we mentioned with Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, all them, and a very quarterback friendly system, just move the ball. We, oh, we saw Jacoby Brissett beat the Chiefs a couple of years ago in Arrowhead because they ran the ball 43 times. However, because this is in Kansas City, I think number one player on the NFL top 100, Patty Mahomes, is going to come in there. He's going to bring a little bit extra something to it. I think he is literally going to heroically pull this team to a victory when all things point the other way. I look at the Colts, and I feel like they should beat him, but I think Carson might make just that one mistake, whether it's Carson or Jacob Eason, whoever. We're presuming it's Carson at this point makes maybe just that one mistake trying to press it. And I think Patrick Mahomes, while he'll be flustered, it'll be tough. It'll remind me a little bit of Eli Manning when he played the 49ers in that second Super Bowl run where he was struggling. Like the entire team was struggling, but he just kept gutting it out, gutting it out and making the plays. I think this will be a more high scoring performance similar to that. Patty's going to do just enough. They're going to get a late touchdown that I think will put him up by three or four and the Colts just won't be able to come out of it. Maybe like a 41 to 37 or something ridiculous like that. I think it's going to be a fantastic game in that. Rebuilt Chiefs offensive line, I think, is going to really help them out in this game as well, too, giving Patty a little bit more time against the likes of DeForest, Buckner, Quiddy Pay, et cetera. And I think they're going to squeak by this one because of home field advantage. If I had the similar situations as yours where they were playing in Indianapolis, I think it's the same thing, just flip the score, basically, because I think Tyree Kill is going to enjoy that track, but the defense is going to enjoy teeing off on that track, too. So this basically comes down to home field advantage is how I have this one playing out. And that gives just the slightest edge to the Chiefs, even though I think the Colts are built to beat the Chiefs. I think when they built their team, they looked at it like, all right, how do we beat the Chiefs? And we'll deal with everybody else in the meantime. So that's how I have that one playing out. Then the Browns heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Very few teams circle the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And when they jump their tables, it's really hard to beat them. But this is another matchup-based thing where the Browns are built to beat the beat Built to beat the Bills. Say that five times fast. Hmm. I think they're going to come in there, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to go after that young defensive line that struggled a little bit against the run last year. I think we'll struggle a little bit against the run this year. I think Baker's going to be efficient. He's not going to force anything. And I think eventually Miles Garrett and that pass rush and that revamp secondary is going to cause just a little bit of trouble for Josh Allen and the Bills offense. It, unless they could somehow come out and run for 200 yards, which we haven't seen from the Bills in like four years, it seems like. I think they're going to find a They're going to game plan just right. They're going to be able to get after Josh. And I think the balance for the Browns is what's going to make the difference. So, Browns go into Buffalo, the number one seed, and they come out of there with a W heading to the AFC Championship game, which will lead to the Chiefs taking on the Browns in Arrowhead. Another rematch from last year as well, too, is high of the AFC Championship game. Kelsey, where does that leave you for your AFC Championship game as well, too? Very interesting. Did you just pick the Browns to go to the AFC Championship game? Is that How crazy is that, right? Heck, they were Dan Sorensen's head away from getting there last year. I think this year they managed the pull. I think they managed to finish it off as well, too, getting to play the Bills. That's it. We talked about the, I talked about the Colts matchup really well with the Chiefs. The Browns match up really well with the Bills. The Chiefs and the Bills might be better, but matchup wise, I look at them like, huh, scratching my chin, like very interesting. So I think the Browns just a little bit more balanced and a little bit better, maybe just a little bit better game planning overall is going to get them out of this one. Yeah, I still find it funny. We have the same four teams. Just the matchups are the different things that lead to our AFC championship game differences, which means, as you said, I have the Bills taking on the Colts. At home in Indianapolis, yet again, on that track and field course. Uh, however, you know the one problem with the track and field course? It doesn't work when you have a couple track athletes on the other side as well. So, uh, yeah, you, you lose a little bit of your advantage. So when you have Jonathan Taylor on the cold side, that's great. But when you have weapons that can run routes as crisp as Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, let's not forget the damage he's done on turf fields. Man can do a lot of damage. Uh, you add in Dawson Knox as a tight end who is just – I mean, he's a burner for a tight end, which hurts me to say that a tight end could be a burner, but he is one. Gabriel Davis is absolutely fantastic. But I also think when you get off on good, to, to, to be a good pass rusher, you have to have great grip. And well, guess what? Gregory Russo on a turf field, we've yet to see what happens, but we've seen what he does on all natural grass, and it's pretty terrifying in college. So get him on a turf field, and we'll see what he's able to do here uh, in, in this track environment. And I do have this one being a close matchup. And it purely comes down to Carson Wentz on one play, turning it over. Just one too many turnovers, and that is going to be the difference in this game. And it's going to try, try to make one play, and it's going to be, of all people, Micah Hyde coming out of nowhere to pick him off. 
probably going to be around halftime and is when I expect it to happen. So it'd be like, it'll be a really boring game to watch if you're not a fan of one of these teams. If you're a fan of one of the teams, you're probably going to want to have like some resuscitation devices near <laughs> you because you're going to, your heart's going to be beating out of your chest. But I do think this is going to be a case where it's like right around halftime, Carson Wentz is going to be trying to get in, get some points going into halftime and he's going to make one mistake. Micah Hyde picks it off, maybe runs it back for a touchdown, or at least they get three points out of it. The Bills do right before half and it changes the whole environment of the game. Um, it'll okay. still be a close one, but I do have this one being very, very close all the way down to the wire. But at the end of the day, defense defense wins championships, and Micah Hyde, he's the dude just gets in people's heads. So Okay, so you think the you think the Bills catch them again in a very similar fashion as well, too, as they did last year. Really close when they just make like last year was the fourth down, the fourth down and goal. They weren't able to convert and got no points out of. Then Josh Allen rips him 97 yards down the field to score. You think it's gonna be a similar situation where Maybe one to two plays actually is what wins the game for the Bills, quote unquote. Yeah, it's going to be early on too. It's like you know, unlike that fourth down and goal, which was in in the second half of the game. You know, second this one's quarter. going to be going right into halftime. Like it's going to be that momentum switch that everybody talks about. They always want to get that momentum swing going into halftime, and very rarely does it ever happen. This is going to be one of the cases where it actually does happen. Okay, so you think the Bills are going to be find a way to get out of it? All right, very interesting. So you have the Bills heading to a Super Bowl for the first time in long time but since the 90s if i'm not mistaken as well too so that would be very interesting so we'll see how that one plays out as well too which leads me to mind where i have the browns going into kansas city to take on the chiefs a rematch of last year that almost got almost was an a almost got the browns to the afc championship game i think the chiefs a similar situation with the colts they're gonna pack the box they're going to take away nick chubb they're gonna find a way to take away cream hunt and the chiefs secondary while their defense isn't quite as good as it's been in previous years, I think the secondary is still good enough. They will frustrate Baker in the, the passing offense. They'll throw the timing off. You'll have Kansas City winter time as well, too. So it's not going to be quite as clean, not something they'll quite they'll be able to stay on time with. And I think on the offense, Patty, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, even with that revamp rounds defense, they're still going to find holes in the zones. They're going to be able to beat man. And I think what's going to really surprise the Browns this year, we're going to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire behind that rebuilt offensive line gashing them in the running game and they were to see williams jared mckinnon gashing them in the running game i could see the chiefs running for buck 50 maybe this game maybe even close to 200 as a team even a little bit of patrick Mahomes on the run but he gets down he doesn't let mac wilson touch him this time and go unconscious so i could see them utilizing the run game basically throwing the entire browns defensive scheme out of whack because while the browns i think pass defense is going to be significantly improved there's still questions about that run defense so i look for the chiefs to get to their third super bowl in a row and we'll see if they take off when we talk about the NFC here in just a little bit. But I think, as you mentioned, too, it's going to be a lot of matchup-based things. I think the Browns match up well with the Bills. The Chiefs match up every, well with everybody but the Colts. But then the home field advantage swings that one. So I think that's what kind of leads to the Chiefs getting there in the second. Getting back to the Super Bowl as well, too. And if that offensive line stays healthy, that rebuilt offensive line, I think they're going to be able to bring something they haven't really had in those previous years where they can just say, screw it, I formation, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Jarrett McKinnon, get behind Joe Tooney get behind everybody and just run straight. They'll be able to find some lanes. And I think that'll be just enough to get past this Browns team, maybe 27 to 20, 27 to 18, something like that. Just Patty will be able to control the clock through the air, hit a couple explosive plays in the run games. The run game is just going to be the big difference maker for me. It'd be very interesting. So, so you have the chiefs returning to a Super Bowl after losing. And if I'm not mistaken, the first time since the Buffalo bills, it might just be it. It hasn't happened very often. I can't honestly remember the last time it has happened. I think it might be that one, but yeah, I think the way they rebuilt their team, they covered their biggest weaknesses pretty darn well in the off season, which very few teams can do. And they didn't lose anybody important. They didn't lose Chris Jones. They brought back Patty whose contract kicks in the following year. If I'm not mistaken, you have Tyreek, you have all of your core pieces. You didn't lose anything, which in the salary cap era, that's something a lot of these Super Bowl contender contending teams do is they lose something, whether it's a key player, an offense coordinator, a defense coordinator, Chiefs didn't lose anything, just like Tampa Bay. Both of them, the two teams in the Super Bowl lost nothing, which is completely unheard of in this era. But they managed to do it in the AFC. They match up so well with just about everybody. And the one team that has a tough matchup for them, they get to catch an arrowhead. So all stars align for Kansas City. So the rich continue to get richer if the story of America, basically. And, if, and it factors in for the Chiefs. All right. Well, I like, I like, like what we have here. And we'll have to see what, whether or not maybe you have another repeat quote possible spoiler here i'm not sure what your pick is for the nfc but that'll be up in just one second and we'll cannot wait to see what we're able to do here in the nfc 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. NFC brought to you by Swift Lifestyles as well, too. Some clean gamer field energy pre-workout. Everything you need to give yourself a little bit of a kick in the morning. It's one of the best, best we've ever tried, honestly. Blue raspberry bubble gum. Everyone to try it. It feels great. It actually tastes like bubble gum. It's like it's fantastic. It's a cannon of bubbles. I love it. And it doesn't make me itch. Like a lot of pre-workout, it gets you kind of itchy, sort of thing. Makes your skin almost inflamed. This one, none of that is all too. So we would highly recommend it. We even have a discount code, Hilo Sports. Drop it in below as well, too. Get yourself a chance to try it for a discounted price. So, Kelsey, the NFC, how do we have it lined up, and how does it play out? Yeah, so I'm going to start with my bye week team, and that's the Packers. They ended up on top of the NFC division. Uh, the, sorry, NFC conference with a 12-5 and record. Then following behind them at the two seed, you have the Bucks facing off against the Rams, two versus seven. The Bucks ending of the season, that 11-6 mark, the Rams – Sneaking in with a one of three teams in that mm-hmm. NFC West that finished nine and eight for my predictions. So the only one making it in for that, that those predictions. And then at the three seed, you have the Cardinals who finished 10 and seven on top of the NFC West at the three and the Vikings sneaking in at a six with a nine and eight record as well. And then the Cowboys at the four seed taking only because of the NFC East at 10 and seven facing mm-hmm. off with the surprise bears also with a 10 and seven record. Surprise, surprise. Well, that sounds a lot like my predictions from last year. I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> Makes me a little nervous. But here well, we are. Well, the good is last year round. you said the Bears didn't have a chance. So, I mean, maybe yeah, there's at least a little true. parody. So, here we are in the wild card round. The Rams versus Bucks, seven versus two. Matt Stafford versus the ageless wonder that is Tom Brady. I mean, does he ever actually age? Is he a vampire? Does he get younger? I don't know what the case may be, but somehow he looks younger than the day he got drafted. Hmm. Maybe it's having a wife that is as fantastic as, as his is, but whatever the case may be. For a whole lot of money to f- afford a whole lot of exemplary services. Exactly. Whatever the case may be, they are still one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I, I I still look at it as it's an overmatch for the Rams. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Rams fans. Matt Stafford finally makes it to the playoffs with a team that he has a chance with, and he runs into the buzzsaw that is the Bucks. It's just not fair for Matt Stafford. Because this team is just so well, so so perfectly put together are the Bucks that the only team ahead of them is just an outlandish Aaron Rodgers team. So the Bucks Bucks advance, and uh, the Rams not so much. And then Very here we are: Cardinals versus Vikings, three versus six. And well, yeah, I I, I sorry Vikings fans, <laughs> you, you snuck into the playoffs, but that's as good as it gets. So, so- Cardinals advance with that one uh, taking the three versus six. Kyler Murray. It looks absolutely fantastic this season. DeAndre Hopkins will look fantastic. Chase Edmonds will look great coming out of the backfield. Rondell um, Moore as well, too. Like, yeah, they got, yeah. They got squad. A.J. Green coming back and J.J. Watt both heading back to the playoffs. Exactly. So that leaves me with that 4-5 matchup with the Cowboys-Bears, which if everybody remembers correctly, was my NFC championship prediction, uh, I believe, two years ago. And I had the Bears or the Cowboys winning that. Well, not no, that's not happening <laughs> again. We're not doing that. We're not playing that game. The Bears are going to win. Justin Fields leads the Bears over the Cowboys. And that, it, as it rightly should be. The Cowboys, the NFC least, mm-hmm. and that's all there is to be said about that. So that sets up a Cardinals versus Bucks, three versus two matchup, and a Bears versus Packers, five versus one matchup. All right, I, I like it. Okay, I, I like it a lot too. I see. So for me, the Buccaneers got the number one seed at 14 and three which will leave the Packers at two taking on the Cowboys at seven, who squeaked in as the seven seed for me as well, too, with a nine and eight record as well. Somehow just beating out all the other nine and eight teams for me as well, too. <laughs> I have the three seed of Rams taking on division rivals, six seeded Seahawks for the second year in a row, meeting in the first round of the playoffs. And then I have the bears at the five seed taking on the Washington football team at four. So some similarities in that regard. I'll start things off with Packers Cowboys. It's just fitting that these two teams be in the first round with some of the shenanigans they've seen in the playoffs. Packers are going to run away with this one, I think. 
Dak will put up some yards. Amari Cooper, they'll they'll piece up part of that defense in some ways, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be too much. He's going to look at those seven linebackers like, all right, I'm going to go pick on Trayvon Diggs. And it's just going to be that simple, honestly. Like They're going to get after it. I think Cowboys fall behind. They claw back a little bit, but never quite close the gap. Give me something like 35 to 24, 27, something like that. So I think Aaron Rodgers just gets it done. Cowboys, they they, they do some good things, but they're clear. it's clearly a seven versus two matchup is how it feels. Then next up, we have the Rams taking on the Seahawks. And in back-to-back years, the Rams will knock the Seahawks out of the playoffs because simply Seattle has too much Russell Wilson throwing it deep to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That is pretty much their entire game plan. And Jalen Ramsey is probably DK kryptonite. Even in that playoff game, the one time DK scored was on a broken play when Jalen wasn't covering him. That was the only time we really saw him. And Tyler Lockett doesn't get the ball enough. And I think Aaron Donald's going to wreak havoc because that Seahawks offensive line is no better. It might even be worse. Who knows? And they, they didn't do anything to get better. Their draft picks didn't help. And I think the Rams offense is going to be even better. Matthew Stafford, you have Cooper Cup, who put on a clinic against the Seahawks. I mean, I, remember, I still remember catching it over Jamal Adams when the ball hit Jamal Adams in the hands. Like, <laughs> There's no one to cover him. There's no one to cover Robert Woods. Gerald Everett, I mean, I also think at some point during the regular season, the Rams are going to make a trade to bring in a running back to replace Cam Akers. Maybe a crowded backfield like Carryon Johnson from the Eagles. Maybe something along those lines. I think there's going to be something like that. Maybe if Jonathan Taylor's going off the Colts, look at trading Marlon Mack to the Rams. Highly unlikely because they love Marlon there. But, you know, teams that have extra running backs, I can see the Rams making a pull for one of them just to give a little bit of burn somewhere during midseason. So whoever, if they have that, or if they still stick with Henderson and what they have, I think the Rams find a way to get it done. And they move on to the next round as well, too. Stafford getting his first playoff win. Then the Bears taking on the Washington football team. Almost the exact same thing you said just with Washington football team. Justin Fields, is actually, as a rookie quarterback, is going to get his first win. He's going to make some ha- fantastic plays. He's going to be able to run away from that rush, which is something not a lot of quarterbacks can do. He's going to be able to evade Chase Young's terrifying self. He's going to find Allen Robinson. He's going to find Darnell Mooney, Cole Command at tight end. And that, that the Washington football team's offense by this point, the quarterback thing, this is where it's going to come to a head. It's going to be like, all right, what is going on? If it's Taylor Heineke, he'll make some fun plays, but he's not really consistent enough that we've seen Fitzpatrick. He's 50. The match is going to wear out by this point. Like it's, this is where it kind of comes to a head and just feels in the bears are able to squeak one out 17 to 10. It's ugly. It's hideous, but they find a way to pull it off. So that will lead me to the Buccaneers at one taking on the fifth seat of bears and the two seat of Packers taking on the three seat of Rams. So Kelsey, how's your divisional round going? Okay. I like those picks. Actually. I like those a lot. Um, but no, for me, I have the Cardinals taking on the bucks three versus two. And this one, again, it Cardinals look great on paper. They look fantastic. They look like they're ready to win some games. J.J. Watt might get his first taste of a championship game. DeAndre Hopkins might get his first taste of the championship game. Kyler Murray might get his... Nope, it's not happening. Sorry. <laughs> the Bucks, the buzzsaw. This defense, I can't say it enough, this defense is fantastic. And they will match up well with the Cardinals. And... You talk about what Micah Hyde, what Micah Hyde did on one side, and Antoine Winfield, I think, is in that same mold for the Bucks, where he's able to disguise coverage and make up for it with his with his athleticism. And I think that fools Kyler sometimes. And I think this is one of those situations where Kyler's going to get fooled into making too many mistakes, and they're going to be fighting from behind. And there's no just DeAndre out there somewhere. There's none of those those plays happening because on the other end you have Tom Brady, Mike out there somewhere. OJ Howard out there somewhere like it's touchdown city on the other side, maybe Antonio Brown putting up record setting touchdowns. Who knows? I'm just (laughs) being outlandish at this point, but look, the bucks win this game versus the Cardinals because that Cardinals defense can't match up with the bucks offense, simply put, whereas the bucks defense easily matches up with the Cardinals offense. So that takes me to the one versus five matchup Packers versus bears. And I can say literally the copy and paste here. Uh, for this situation because now you have as you we talked about early on with the Packers they filled that Kevin King hole he has not left on an island against anybody Justin Fields can't find a person to to pick on because Yaya Alexander is going to be covering one whole side of the field by himself and then everybody else is going to be covering the other side and the middle and there's no getting around it the this is where you're going to see the Bears offensive line woes really come into play and you're going to see Justin Fields being chased out of the pocket and have to be making plays. And it's just a little too early in his young career to be at that situation. But as a rookie, he made it to the divisional round. He faced off against the number one team in the Packers. He learned something from watching Aaron Rodgers on the other side, dice up his defense. So it looks good for the future if you're a Bears fan. 
but it hurts because you lost <laughs> to the Packers in the divisional round. But that'll set up an NFC Championship game, one versus two, yet again. The pack, the Packers at the one seed at Lambeau in the winter versus the Bucks as a two seed. Dang, and another I'm- rematch, huh? All right, you got them going back to back in the NFC Championship games. All right, I like it. We'll definitely see how that one plays out as well, too. For me, I'll start going through a little bit quickly here as we as the time closes in. I have number two Packers taking on the three seed of Rams. Another rematch from last year, but this time the Rams are going to get it done. They're going to go into Lambeau. Aaron Donald's going to show up today. He's going to make create a little bit of havoc because Corey Lindley's not inside giving him fits. Leonard Floyd's going to come off the edge. Jalen Ramsey is going to give Devonta Adams fits again to the point where they try to scheme him open and it makes it more difficult. But the difference is the Rams will have a quarterback who will throw for more than 50 yards of offense. They will, they will have Matthew Stafford out there piecing them up, finding the open guys, Cooper Cup getting open. And I think the Rams are going to walk into Lambo, walk out of there. Matthew Stafford getting now two playoff wins now in this playoff run for his first two in his career, setting them up in the NFC Championship game. And then we have the number one seed of Bucks taking on the Bears. Justin Fields, as you mentioned too, he's going to have some moments, but this Bucks defense is going to wreak havoc on him. It's probably going to be ugly a lot of the game. I, there's no way the Bucks lose this game. Like they're going to attack Justin Fields. He's going to have he's going to have, have deer in the headlights moments, which is not his fault at all. The future will look bright, as you mentioned, but. That is a very that is an unfair matchup for him, and that is unfair for him what that defense is going to bring to the table. I don't think the offense can look as crisp. I think down the stretch it's going to there's going to see some cracks in the armor. I think in this one, Cleo Mack and them will make it a little difficult, so the score won't be as outlandish. It'll probably be 35 to 17. Like they'll still be comfortable. They're still going to get they're enforced Justin Fields on the turnovers and a lot of three and outs. They're going to get so many opportunities they'll get 35. But so that will set up a Bucks versus Rams NFC Championship game for me. One versus three. All right, Kelsey, you got Packers-Rams rematch. How do you got it going? Or sorry, Packers versus Bucks rematch. Yeah, Packers versus Bucks at Lambeau in the winter with a full stadium, hopefully, in Lambeau. Unlike last season's half-empty, mostly stick figures out there (laughs) stadium. And that's not a fun place to play for anybody, uh, except for one man. And he just happens to potentially be a goat. And he keeps getting younger. He's a vampire goat at this point in time, and that's Tom Brady. The man loves to fight and beat teams in their own environment because he just loves making a fool out of everybody. He's done it his entire career. He has been the underdog story his entire career. And this is going to be the time they're all like, yeah, this is where Tom Brady falls apart. No, no, no. He did that last year in the second half of this game and almost cost him the game. He learned his lesson. He, the, 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 one of the greatest things that will ever, that I could ever say about Tom Brady. And I don't very often talk about Tom Brady positively because I'd like to be the devil's advocate, but this is one of those things that always gets overlooked by a lot of people. He is one of the best quarterbacks, players I've ever seen at not making the same mistake twice. He will not throw three picks in a game in a half against this Packers team as well because of the decisions they made to change it up because that Packers team will come out and start in that situation and they're going to try to offset him there. The problem is you don't have a, will you have a plan B or C or D to go to in the second half after Tom Brady has been dicing you up in the first half? it's going to be too late. The Bucks team is one year older, one year better on defense. I mean, these young players are even better now. They've gotten a Super Bowl when they know what it takes to get there. And the Bucks go back to back to another Super Bowl. They win the NFC Championship game for the second year in a row. And Tom Brady, surprising nobody, heads mm. to another Super Bowl. So the Tom Brady dynasty continues. Okay, I like it. I see it. I have Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay taking on the Rams coming to town. These two teams actually played last year, and Jared Goff pieced up this defense that he threw for, I think it was like 78% completion, 400 yards, ripped them apart. This year, this time, I think what's going to be, it's going to be a really close game. I think the offense is going to, you mentioned he never makes the same mistake twice. I think in this game, too, he's going to be, I think Tom's not going to be as good as we've seen him throughout the whole season. I think the season is going to wear on him a little bit. Still going to be good, still probably going to throw for 303 touchdowns. But I think Aaron Donald's going to wreak some havoc. I think Leonard Floyd's going to get around the edge on occasion. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to upset whether he's on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Whoever they put him on, I think he's going to cause some problems. And do you know who the defensive coordinator is for the Rams right now? I do not. It's not Brandon Staley, the guy that was really high on because he went to the charge. It is Raheem Morris, a guy who is very, very familiar, some head coaching experience too. A lot of experience with younger players. Fun fact with him, when he was the head coach for Tampa Bay in his second year, they became the first team since like 1970 or whenever the merger was that started 10 rookies 
and had a winning record when they went 10 and six with Josh Freeman and just missed the playoffs. So that they bring in a lot of gangster on that defensive side to replace him. And I think he's going to find a way to get some of these young guys in the right position as well. And I think they're going to do just enough to squeak by Tampa Bay and head to the Super Bowl, maybe a 38 to 34 type game. Matthew Stafford's going to make some absolute magic happen that Jared Goff couldn't last year. We're going to see the best Matthew Stafford, the guy who was throwing no look passes before Patrick Mahomes. And the guy that I think is going to surprise people this game. I think he's going to break the game open early. 2-2 Atwell. I think he's going to step into the game. The small 5'6", 135-pound man is going to come in and unleash that 4-2 speed 40 and get behind that secondary early on and get them completely out of whack, similar to what Tyreek did in the regular season game last year. That kind of threw everything out of whack once he got behind him those first two times. I think early in the game, 2-2, maybe against like a cover four, is going to run a deep post. And Stafford's going to uncork a rocket, something that we have basically we that something we've always lauded about when he's in Detroit. Like God, it's so great. If only it mattered. He's gonna he's gonna set a point off early and unleash something like that, and it's gonna unleash Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Sean McVay to open up the book. And if they do bring in that other running back, like I think they're going to hypothetically, let's say it's on Johnson, the guy you mentioned earlier. I think he's gonna be able to close this game out as well too. Obviously, the Bucks run defense best in the league last year. Probably not gonna do a whole lot to this year. I think it's going to do just enough to set up play action off it. So give me Matthew Stafford heading to a Super Bowl in his first true playoff run, taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in a rematch of the 2018, the greatest game ever, regular season game ever played, and two of the brilliant offensive minds and two of the most unique quarterbacks we've seen in the modern era as well, too, with very, very, very similar skill sets as far as the rocket arm, the mobility, the unorthodox passing. But guys, they went to two complete opposite scenarios to start their career. So Patrick Mahomes... Versus Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. I can't believe it. It's going to be great Rams versus Chiefs. But for you, we got the Bills taking on Tampa Bay. A couple of number one seats getting all the way through. Or excuse me, the Bills were number two for you. Yeah, no. So before I get to that, I got to go back to my Rams conversation at the beginning when I talked about where I have them seated at the seven seed. For the first time, Matt Stafford has an entire team built around winning in the playoffs. And he unfortunately ran up against the Buzzsaw Bucks. I can't help but notice that's a spoiler alert for your entire <laughs> pick right there because that what they don't go up against the Bucks on your side. And again, we talk about seeding and the way it worked out. They didn't have to go against that buzzsaw. I just the said early. they beat the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. Well, early on, I'm saying like in the wild card round, they don't have to go against them in that first playoff game where Matt Stafford has that first, like those woes with the Rams, you know? No, so like, he gets to go against a divisional team since I have them winning the division. He gets to go against a team that he played two times already as well to a team with no defense. So if he does have some of those jitters being back in the playoffs for the first time since 2011, whenever it was, they went with Titus Young in squad. He yep. gets to go against a mediocre defense that he's going to have his way with, in my opinion. Then you get the Packers. You get to do a, a team, you know, way too well. Yeah. So what they entirely too well, but now you got a squad and then you go into that buzzsaw. So if there is any jitters or uncomfortability or anything like that, he gets, to, he gets to get his feet settled in early and quickly. And I think the X factors on this Rams team are going to make a difference. All those trades they've made, all their first-round picks for a decade gone, are going to culminate right now to get them to a Super Bowl. That's, that is, that's, that's hilarious. We've probably been doing these podcasts too long. If I'm, if I'm giving spoiler alerts for what's the future to be held on your list, <laughs> but you never know. You had the Rams bounce out, barely squeaking in. I have them going to the Super Bowl. So let's, let's jump on with you as well. Tim, Josh Allen versus Tom Brady. Bills versus Bucks. How do we have this one plan out for you? All right. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills offense is fantastic. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. Tampa Bay, I've talked about it. They're a very deadly defensive team. Those two, I feel like, are going to offset those two units. There's a sneaky thing about this, this Super Bowl. Micah Hyde in his career, and the reason I brought up Micah Hyde earlier is to set up for this moment. Micah Hyde in his career versus Tom Brady has three picks that just don't make sense in, the, in his time in New England where he just undercut a route that was wide open on every single replay on every single time you go look at these plays. And in every single interview, he always says the same thing. Tom Brady was staring him down. And it's, it's odd that he says that because it's, if you look at the, the, the video, Tom Brady's head is always facing opposite of where the receiver is that he ends up throwing to. And somehow Micah Hyde sees that sees his eyes in the helmet, looking the other way while the helmet is facing that way and was able to jump these routes multiple times in multiple different seasons. And I talked about it in the last round. Tom Brady doesn't make the same mistake twice, right? 
but he hasn't ever figured out what mistake he's making against Micah Hyde because he's not really making a mistake for a quarterback. You're doing all the proper things. So this comes down to the battle of quarterbacks, quarterback on offense and a quarterback on defense. Tom Brady versus Micah Hyde. And unlike I talk about him throwing three picks in a game versus the Packers just off of mistake passes, none of these passes are going to be mistakes. They're going to look wide open. Micah Hyde will have two picks and one return for a touchdown at least in this Super Bowl. Okay, you can run, but you can't hide. That's what the story of the Super Bowl is going to be, huh? That is 100% the story of the Super Bowl. And that is going to set up Tampa Bay to have to try to fight back, which is where Micah Hyde gets his second second pick. Is after that first one return for a touchdown, the second one he's going to just easy pick, nil down, end the game. Bills, for the long-awaited Buffalo history, win their first Super Bowl in the most dramatic fashion with Super Bowl MVP going to Micah Hyde in all poetic justice. Honestly, I don't even know what to say. That's quite the twist there. So do you think Josh has a big impact on this game? Relatively good. Or do you think he's just the quarterback gets first downs, gets some touchdowns, doesn't really explode, but good enough. It's going to be a very average game from the Buffalo offense. They're not going to have anything spectacular. 200, 250, maybe uh, probably two touchdowns, but there's going to be a lot of empty possessions involved there. It's going to be a lot of punting in between. Do you think Josh Allen runs a little bit more often than we see? Do you think like maybe more we see the quarterback draws come back, that sort of thing to try and mitigate the pass rush? Or do you think it's just like they still go five wide and try and get it done? I think it's going to be sneaky what Belichick does. I think he's going to run a spy on him with with somebody that's, that's actually athletic enough to keep up with with Josh Allen. And and they're going to sort of work as a contain offense. With their, so contain the de- – like the defensive line is going to contain – there's going to be a spy, and they're just going to straight up man up on the outside and bracket the the Stephon Diggs. So you think you're not going to allow anybody to break out. Get, over the, get over the top? You're not going to allow Josh Allen to scramble away. You're going to be in all the right positions to just harass uh, Josh Allen. But I, I did say Belichick. Did I? I meant I meant. So Todd Bowles is going to break out the bag. He's going to break out the Belichick bag. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, though. He's going to bring out. He's going to bring out everything. He's going to take everything that Josh Allen likes away. Basically, and be like, all right, do something you don't normally do. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to make him, they're going to force him to be unnatural with his play style, which is why the offense is going to, they're going to kind of neutralize themselves, the offense and defense for, for both teams between the Buccaneers and the Bills. And it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting because there are enough athletic freaks on the Bucks team to, to match up with Josh Allen and this team very well. None of the play action is going to work. None of that is going to, going to really break open. It's going to be nickel and diming offense the whole way, but it's going to really come down to the Tampa offense versus the Buffalo defense, which I'd say are the two weaker sides of each team. If we're being fair, I'd say the offense for Tampa Bay is top notch. The Buffalo or sorry, the defense for Tampa Bay is top notch. The Buffalo offense is top notch. There's no question about that. And maybe the other side is the weaker of the two. It's going to be what's one can hold up better. And I look at that advantage with Micah Hyde, just how sneaky good he is against Tom Brady. I think that's going to be the difference. Okay. I like it. I I can see it too. It's very, very interesting okay so buffalo bills getting their first getting their super bowl against the goat of all teams a team a guy that harassed them for the greater part of two decades too very very poetic okay all right so that will lead go ahead i'll say you got now you you got your matthew safford cinderella versus your other cinderella (laughs) so we got kansas city taking on the rams and what i think is very unique about this one is i mentioned raheem morris too as the defensive coordinator going up against eric Bieniemy, two guys that I think one of them is going to be in contention for a head coaching job by this point as well, too. Just throwing that. I think the enemies, if he's not offered one, he's going to be talks with one. I think this isn't going to be like the first time they met in 2018 where his bombs away all over the place. I don't think we're going to quite see that. What I think is going to be interesting, though, is we talked about it in our AFC West prediction. The Chiefs defense is not quite what it was even last year. It's going to be the weak spot this year. I mean, Tyron Matthew is still a solid playmaker. Chris Jones is still Chris Jones. The linebacking core still has some holes. Corners aren't even as good as what they were when they won the Super Bowl. Honestly, I have some questions at corner. And then Dan Sorensen, I, unless he's headbutting somebody, I don't really know how I feel about him in, in, in open field necessarily. Frank Clark, we have no idea what's going to play out with him if he's going to play this year. Or I, I don't know what that's going to be. And even if he does play, he has minus three games during that playoff run. He has not been the player they traded for. So their pass rush is going to be mitigated. And when you look at the Rams receiving core, if they decide to spread it out, you got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, the aforementioned 2-2 Atwell, Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson. If they decide to go five wide and double team Chris Jones, 
or and have Andrew Whitworth just be like, all right, you're going to eat Frank Clark. I don't know how the Chiefs can stop him. I really don't know what they could do. And if you want to substitute Tyler Higby in and take out one of those guys, you could do that too. I don't know how they could stop them if they decide to spread it out because they're going to – that means Dan Sorensen's going to be covering Deshaun Jackson or Tutu Atwell one-on-one. And unless he's headbutting him from the side, I don't like those odds. And then on the defensive side of the ball too, one thing I think Raheem Morris is going to look at, he's going to be like, all right, no matter what happens, whoever is playing corner over the top of Tyreek Hill, whether it's Darius Williams or whoever it may be, or Jordan Fuller or whatever – there's going to be a safety over the top, no matter what. So you're basically double teaming him. I think you even consider putting Jalen Ramsey, putting him in the box and having him guard Travis Kelsey. Kind of like what he keeps Tlaib used to do with Gronkowski, that sort of thing. You have Taylor Rapp, Terrell Burgess. We talk about those Utah players that have come into the league. Terrell Burgess has been really good as well, too. I think you put you can put someone over the, with Michael Hardman, play over the top, make Michael Hardman beat you. And I think those safeties are going to be very versatile to deal with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Jeremy McKinnon out of the backfield. Aaron Donald, I know that offensive line is revamped. Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. Sebastian Joseph Day, Ashawn Robinson, Leonard Floyd. They still got guys that can come all over the place. Troy Reader, they can come from all angles and get into the backfield. So the Cinderella story culminates and Matthew Stafford hoisting that Lombardi trophy at the end of it is the Rams walk away with a Super Bowl, the LA Rams of all teams. And in fitting fashion, the MVP's going to go to Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup's going to, end up with like what 10 catches for like 95 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Similar to what Julian Edelman did for the Patriots, where he was just the guy that was always open and made all the plays. Stafford's going to be great. He's going to probably throw for 202 touchdowns, maybe even 250, something like that. But I think that five wide I mentioned spreading him out. I think it's going to be very conservative though. Like, I don't think it's going to be bombs away. I think it's going to be those guys running deep to Sean and Tutu bursting the bu- bursting the buckets off to get the safeties and everyone to run back. Then Cooper Cup sneaks in right behind him underneath. And I think he's going to have, you know, I'm going to retract. I'm going to say Matthew Stafford's going to get the MVP. I, I think Cooper Cup's going to be right there, though, with that 10 catches for like 95 yards and a touchdown. But I think they're going to give it to Stafford for no other reason than the Cinderella story. But it's going to be that similar situation where it's like, well, you could have given it to Cooper Cup or something like that. Almost like Jacoby Jones and Joe Flacco was back in that Super Bowl, something like that, where one receiver dominates, but the quarterback also dominates, but they give it to the quarterback. So it's going to go to Stafford, but Cooper Cup's going to be like that co-MVP-ish, almost like James White and Tom Brady was against the Falcons, where it should have gone to James White. Tom Brady's still Tom Brady. I think it's going to be the same thing here. Like, Cooper Cup's going to Cooper Cup, but Matthew Stafford's going to Matthew Stafford. And in fitting poetic fashion, Matthew Stafford and the Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl and win it this year. So all those picks finally culminate, and then they're going to fall off and probably not ever do it again. Though. So I think this is a one-year burst for the Rams, and they're going to make the most of it. I think the Chiefs, they obviously don't fall off because you have all that talent, but this was probably they they get a little bit nervous looking forward, like, dang, this might have been our best chance to get that second Super Bowl before the cap casualties start kicking in. Yeah. No, it's all right. I, I like it. I like the poetic justice with Matt Stafford lifting the trophy at the end of the season. And at the same time, too, Morris and McVay did work together in Tampa Bay in 2008 as well, too. Under and that was before Raheem Morris took over as well, too. So they they've been together before. They are very familiar with each other. And weirdly enough, as weird as this is, and it's just a slap in the face, too, they both got their start in the NFL under John Gruden as well, too. A guy who we malign what he's doing with the Raiders right now. But he's done a great job with an early on coaching tree and just a big influence he's had on both of these guys, too. So I think that's going to culminate. And we're going to see Matthew Stafford finally making a count, winning, getting out from under that Detroit umbrella and getting a Super Bowl in L.A. as well, too, becoming a huge star as well. So finally getting that justice that we've got he's deserved since he came out of Georgia being one of the best quarterbacks arguably in the game. And the Rams are proven right for trading a King's ransom to get him. I like it. All right. Well, that'll take us into our player awards, postseason awards real fast. DJ, we're going to run down them. I'm going to start with my MVP, Josh Allen of the Buffalo bills. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, Super Bowl champion, obviously now we know, but before that second best record in the AFC, so, got to give it to Josh Allen. Offensive player of the year. Sticks in the AFC, though. Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Defensive player of the year. I've talked about the Bucks every single time being a defensive buzzsaw. That is because of this man, Devin White, defensive player of the year. He is a Offensive bullet. rookie of the year. Justin Fields. Surprising nobody. Simple. Def- defensive rookie of the year, though. Greg Russo from the Buffalo Bills. I think he has a huge impact in what they do getting to the Super Bowl. So okay. especially in the regular season. I like it. And then comeback player of the year. This is surprise, surprise nobody. 
Dak Prescott, I have as my comeback player of the year. Getting them into the playoffs after everything that happened with his ankle, uh, having an absolutely fantastic year. Making up for the lost time and doing so in dramatic fashion after that huge contract. And then coach of the year, again, probably surprising nobody, Sean McDermott. Okay, I like it. So as a lot, of, a lot of a uh, similarity as well too is more or less kind of matches how you have the playoffs going. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I'll go through mine really quickly. We're running low on time. MVP. I think Tom Brady is going to pull it off simply because I think it's something he wants to be the oldest MVP. We mentioned all the weapons and the buzzsaw they are. He's going to throw for forty plus touchdowns again. He's going to be fantastic. Even if he falls off towards the end, the start of it's going to be absolutely insane. Offensive play of the year. Carson Wentz, he's going to bounce back with the established running game. I think he's going to throw 30-plus touchdowns and less than 10 picks, 4,000 yards. We talk about how easy it is. I think Frank Wright's going to even open it up a little bit as well, too. And what we saw Philip Rivers do, add a little bit more to that as well, too. Defense player of the year, he was well on pace for it last year, Miles Garrett, until he got COVID and that kicked in. This year, you get Jadavion Clowney behind him in an actual secondary. He's going to eat, especially in a, defense, in a division with weaker offensive lines. Good luck, everybody else. <laughs> offensive rookie of the year. On a pitiful team, Kyle Pitts is going to find a way to pull through with it. He's going to somehow get 10 touchdowns. That mean absolutely nothing because the Falcons will be terrible. Whether they're end arounds in the red zone that Arthur Smith devises or just jump balls, it's going to be weird and he's going to get it only because Justin Fields doesn't play enough games and they give this one to him before the, before the playoffs when Justin Fields, I think, starts to assert. It's going to be close, though. It's going to be very close. So Defensive rookie of the year. All those that? quarterbacks, can you go to the tight end for the rookie of the year? It, he's a versatile weapon, and I think he's just going to basically feast on it in a way that it means absolutely nothing. And I think the Jaguars and the Jets are kind of a mess. It's going to be tough for them to do a whole lot. Trey Lance, I think it's going to be the same thing. If he gets in, how's it going to go? It's going to be messy there, too. And Mac Jones, I don't have playing this year because I think Cam's going to ball. So that, that's how it kind of plays out. Should be Justin Fields, but I think Kyle Pitts is going to stuff the stat sheet enough early on. Defensive rookie of the year, Trayvon Merrick, a guy who slipped to the second round. The Raiders are going to be bad, but Trayvon Merrick is going to ball, look for like five picks, a couple sacks. I think they're going to use him in a very versatile sub-linebacker type role. He's going to be all over the place. He's going to make he's going to cover up a lot of Jeff Heath mistakes. Even though the team's not going to be great, I think Trayvon Merrick is going to make a strong impact. Coach of the year for the Chargers, Brandon Staley, comes in there, revitalizes that defense. They're going to be fantastic, similar to what Kevin Stefanski did last year. Comeback player of the year, speaking of Stefanski, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to bounce back and establish himself as that dude at receiver. Top five, top six to caliber guy. Look for like 1,300 yards, double-digit touchdowns. They're going to utilize him in so many ways, so many facets, and getting the ball in his hands. He might be one of the leading receivers as far as Jack goes even, too. Maybe not. He won't pass out guys like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, running backs who dominate the Yak conversation. But as far as just receivers, I think he's going to be right up there as well, too. So very interesting and very differentiating award player list compared to some of our team predictions. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic list for both of us, but they kind of stick with – what we've talked about the entire way uh, along along through our predictions. So that does it for us today, guys. Obviously, we have hit the whole season. We've done every single division, both conferences. We've ran down with the playoff rundown, and we've given you our awards. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Did we get everything wrong? We only have Probably. to wait and see. The, the season starts right around the corner. I mean, I cannot wait. We're finally there. We will be covering the NFL and NCAA football season year all, all 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 this season really i mean every single week we'll be covering with our new unhinged powered by butt belly up sports merger so there's plenty of shows on there stay tuned for more craft brewed sports right after us here on the unhinged sports network and we will get with you guys soon and stay tuned for next week's episode thank you Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. 
climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.